We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, Dateable friends. Welcome to the off season of the Dateable podcast. We are, you know, in purgatory here between season 14 (laughs) and 15, and we will not stop bringing you content. It's just we're taking a little break from our interviews. But here we are again, time and time again. I love the off season because it also gives us an opportunity to share some of the podcasts we were on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have one today. We have a podcast that we did with Sydney Latwako from The Bachelor. She was a contestant, but also Bachelor in Paradise and some of the other continuation ones. UA, you probably know way more about this than I. I admittedly am not a huge Bachelor fan, but I did love talking to Sydney and being on her podcast, something to share. She was on our season and we talked about how she went from having no relationship experience mm-hmm. to getting engaged to someone who slid into her DMs. Yes. It's actually quite the cutest love story. But on her podcast, we talk about everything modern dating. And when we had this conversation, she was on tour, right? No, no, she was already back. No, she was on tour for our for podcast. Yes. That's what it was. For this one, she was in her home in Ohio. I remember being like, damn, I really like your recording area. She's like, this is just my hallway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She has a really cute space. And on her podcast, we talk about this is when West Elm Caleb was like (laughs) the big deal. Thank goodness people are forgetting about him. Oh my God. He's roaming the streets now. No big deal. Nothing happened. There's a new guy we learned about, right? Long Island Kevin. Was that who it was? (laughs) 
Too many, too many of these. Uh, just bad dating behavior. But we talk about him not too much. And then we just talk <laughs> about general modern dating. It's a really cute conversation because not cute. That's not the right word. It's a really great, com <laughs> really compelling conversation because she does come from very little relationship experience. In fact, mm -hmm. her relationship with The Bachelor was actually probably the most serious relationship she had been in. And before that, it was a lot of here and there. So Situationships, um, you know. <laughs> so many situationships. So the <laughs> questions she asked us were just a very fresh take on modern dating. So not going in with a relationship focus, but purely on the um, dating experience side of things. And she also, you know, she sourced from her community a lot of just general dating questions that are probably very similar to the ones that you all have. So definitely looking forward to re-airing this episode, giving everyone a chance to learn more about, you know, you know, our perspective around modern dating, which if you've been tuning in for a while, you've probably heard somewhat. But like you said, there's always a new lens when someone else asks us the questions. It's always fun doing interviews because then we don't have to do the thinking. <laughs> we just <laughs> Talk. Yeah. Because <laughs> all the stuff we already know, you know, like it's we don't need to prep because it's just all in our head. <laughs> and when we don't need to do be the ones asking questions, it's so easy. It makes it yeah. so much easier. What I do love about her podcast, though, is I do remember we had to prep one thing. It's the very start because her podcast is called Something to Share. Oh, And right. we had to yes. think of something. I won't give away what our answers were. We'll let you listen on. We had to, what was it? Like something that was like- From your bedstand. Yeah. Something interesting or unique <laughs> from your bedstand. But mine wasn't from my bedstand. It wasn't? No. Okay, now I don't know. I don't know. We had to bring something. To we had to bring something to share, basically, hence the name of the podcast. Yeah. I think it was something, like something interesting. that described us in a way or, or something. Or silly. No, mine yeah. did not describe me. Something silly or interesting. <laughs> Maybe we got the wrong. Anymore. We got different assignments. <laughs> that would be incredible if I was like, oh, I thought it was this and you had a totally different take. You've heard of people having parties like that, right? You tell half the guests it's a costume party and the other half it's not. Oh my God, that's amazing. I have not. I feel like we need to throw one of those just to fuck with people. That'd be so good. I mean, I've seen movies when like one person shows up in the costume, yeah. you know, no. but never like, like or a half opposing. And half. Yeah. Or opposing costumes, you know, you, you guys are Westerners, you know, like cowboys. And then the other half are like princesses. <laughs> okay, next dateable event we do, we're totally doing that. <laughs> yeah, but you can't share with the other part, you, the other people what the assignment so is. Something was. not to share. <laughs> yeah, something not to share. <laughs> Don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> Uh, what a fun week, though. I'm in San Francisco. Julie and I got to catch up. And then we had a really fun birthday dinner for her with all of our girlfriends. Yes. It was, it was so such fun. a good time. You know, yeah. I feel like obviously I love being with my partner and, you know, all that. But there's just something really nice about a girl's dinner. You know, it just yes. changes the vibe. Totally. Yes. Part of the reason why, I mean, you know, I obviously spent enough celebratory time with my partner over the weekend, so I don't think he was offended. But like, it was really hard to book more than eight people at any restaurant. So I was either doing something at my house or only the girls. There was no way I could do like a 16 person dinner. There's just no way. 
And the conversations you have with your girlfriends are different, different than what you would with your partner. And you might say different things if your partner is present. So it's kind of like unfiltered, right? I was thinking about that. It's not like we're different, but the conversations wouldn't have been the same at no. all. No. I don't think he would have found half the things very interesting at all. Like, <laughs> do you have a top sheet? <laughs> we got it. I was going to say, we got in a very serious debate here. And maybe we could do like an Instagram poll and get our listener base because, you know, it's kind of related to dating and relationships and yeah. sex and, you know, anything to do with bedroom. But the big debate was do you like to sleep with sheets or no sheets? The top sheet that kind of goes over. Are you more of a right on the comforter or alternate blanket i revealed i have an alternate fleece blanket so we got really down and dirty into what everyone's preferences was and we also talked about i have this happen when one partner when you're sharing a bed with someone has a different preference than you i do remember we had i mean i wouldn't call it a fight but like a mini funny disagreement when one day i was not under the top sheet and my partner was because you cannot cuddle basically if one person's under and one person isn't and I'm team no top sheet. I don't understand. I have a duvet cover. Same. That is plenty <laughs> enough for me. I just clean the duvet cover. With the top sheet, I feel like I often kick it to the side. Like when I'm at hotels, I just I just rip it out because I don't I don't use it. I don't understand the purpose of it. Yeah, so I've always had a top sheet, but until my current partner, I've never used it. Like I've always mm. slept on top of it, and then I have the fleece blanket, and then I have the comforter. It's like I don't need a third one. And you know, this is the debate too. I feel like it's warmer when you're on the fleece blanket than on the sheet, but then the argument is you have more layers. And <laughs> We could go on all day on this. But anyways, probably everyone's like, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, maybe you have a strong opinion on this. Give like a fuck. We did. Because clearly our table did give a fuck about this. <laughs> well, it is, uh, you know, it's one of those things when you're in a new relationship and you're sharing a bed. It's very revealing what happens when you first share a bed. It's different than sleeping over. Because when you yeah. sleep over someone's house, you just kind of cater to yeah, adjust. what they're used yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, because you're like, that's their home. But when you're sharing a bed long term or you're moving in with someone, oof, it can get very feisty. You know, though, I feel like a lot of our listeners probably feel this way because I definitely did. I remember being like, I don't know how I'm ever going to share a bed with someone long term Mm. because i feel like you know when you're casually dating similar what you're saying like when you're more of like a guest in someone else's place or someone's in your place for very early on it's really difficult to sleep i found i would be Mm -hmm. like up all night or if they were snoring it game over but now you know you just learn to adapt and now i actually have trouble like sleeping on my own it's so what you get used to yeah yeah i I would actually kind of agree. I think I can't fall asleep as fast when I'm sleeping alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's something contagious about a partner falling asleep and you're like, okay, I feel sleepy too. But if he's not around, I'm on my phone till like 3 a.m. <laughs> so this is my secret that I learned is oh. I like to wear pajamas to bed. Like they're not like sexy pajamas with pants and a, a cotton t-shirt. Like a tech t-shirt that I've gotten along the years. Like very unsexy, basically. (laughs) And (laughs) when you're like trying to kind of impress someone new, you don't want to wear that. Oh, yeah. But then I learned that that was part of the reason I had trouble sleeping. Because I was out of my normal attire. 
you know, like in some robe or something that I would never sleep in normally. And then basically when I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to wear this stuff. That's when I could sleep again. (laughs) Oh, we need to do a whole episode about this. Like what you wear to bed, depending on where you are in the relationship. I do remember like like a post in our um, Facebook group about this. And I did offer that up. I was like, I think part of it was just feeling comfortable. Yeah, there's got to be comfortable lingerie. Come on. I've worn lingerie to bed and I'm like, this shit is not comfortable. No. I don't feel sexy. I don't feel comfortable. I don't want this. I know some people do sleep naked. I've never been one of those people. I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. I just can't. It's so uncomfortable to me. I feel like we need to do the top sheet, no sheet convo and then like sleeping naked or in pajamas. Okay. Oh, Follow us on Instagram polls. for uh, all those polls. <laughs> for all these really enticing polls. But <laughs> yeah, the only people that care are you and I. We're like, oh my God, 60% no shit. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else is like, I thought this was a dating podcast. <laughs> hey, it's all interconnected. It's all interconnected. I think this is a huge combo of dating because, you know, I think that again was my problem as I was trying to like be someone I wasn't in the sense of how I appeared in my sleep patterns. Maybe we should do that as our solo episode when we interview (laughs) each other, just about the different stages of relationships and how much you let your true self. I think that's interesting. Definitely. Because like in the beginning, I'm hiding shit in my bathroom. Like you need to see the tampons. You know, I'm using like nice toilet paper. Like I want to make sure that all my cute stuff is out. But now four years in, it's like, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend's like, maybe it's time to throw out that shirt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. I think you're right. <laughs> like the one that you wear to bed every night and yeah. you would never be caught dead in that. You're like, Yeah, he's out. like, I'm sick of seeing Uber every night. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> time, time to throw that shit away. I feel like it, I definitely, in my current relationship, I think I was pretty myself early on. Okay. Okay. I think in the past, I maybe was doing this stance a little more, which yeah. is why I could never sleep at night. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> said fuck it <laughs> he's gonna find out eventually and i want a good eight hours sleep that's all i want is eight hours of sleep <laughs> you're like the the julie without eight hours of sleep right is a lot worse than a lot less sexy what you're than seeing. someone in yeah. pajamas <laughs> right okay so, so this yeah. is for your own good buddy <laughs> exactly Hey, I feel like the more authentic you could be from day one, the better. Just, you know, like, let's put it all on the table, see if it's a match or not. Maybe it's like stage in life or age two. I remember just like yeah. sleeping over guys' houses when I was in my 20s and just waiting for them to fall asleep first. Oh. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be the first one to fall asleep. Yeah, because I don't want them to hear me snore too. Yeah, same. And it reminds me of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel when she, oh my God, she wakes up early to basically do like a full set of makeup. Oh. So it looks like that's how she wakes up every night. Yeah. Bridesmaids. Yeah. Like wait to go to bed. Exactly. It's like a very common thing of movies, how common it is in real life anymore. That's another thing. Also, this (laughs) took place in like the 20s, but yeah. It's like, I can't even imagine waiting for them to fall asleep and setting my alarm early so I can just have this perception that this is how you look all the time. I remember keeping just a glass of water 
on my bedstand. So the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is to drink some water so your breath isn't as stinky. That's a little trick. That's smart. But I, That's smart. <laughs> but I remember just being like, oh my God, I'm awake. I must drink the water now. Do not talk to me. Do not look at me. Oh, the things Oof. we do. And then, you know, you get in a relationship and anything goes. <laughs> I know. I just remember like one of my friends being like, I love being in a relationship because I don't have to shave anymore. And I was like... <laughs> Uh, yeah let's do that let's talk about the different stages of a relationship and it also pooping you know that's oh my god pooping is definitely one of them i feel like you hide it and now i'm just like look this is what's happening it's not yeah, even I, a big deal it can't be constipated anymore okay <laughs> like you talk it through now right like this is like yeah yeah and you're like coordinate you're like don't go in yeah. there give it a few <laughs> more minutes <laughs> Yeah, but in the beginning, I would just be like holding it, uh, like running home to do it and coming back out or like going to public restrooms. Like, I'm just going to go to Starbucks, you know, for a quick pee. One of my friends went on an early trip with her now husband. So this probably wouldn't happen anymore. And he just like disappeared for a really long time. (laughs) And she's like, where did you go? And he basically went to use another bathroom. Wow. Because he really had to like, poo and didn't want to use like the one bathroom in their hotel room wow (laughs) so apparently this is everyone not just women it's everyone that's going through this the early stages which is so funny when you think about it because it's every human does everyone poops Yes. Like, why would this be something that would be unattractive? It's it's human nature. Everyone poops, <laughs> but for some reason, at the start of a relationship, you do not poop. You never no. poop. Nope. You smell nope. like roses all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what was that review we got that we only talk about shitting or something? <laughs> oh my God. They were right. I would say, you know, of the reviews, there's been a few that have really stuck out. I mean, the biggest one was what we were called like shit bag, like pieces of shit. I forget what it was even yeah pieces of that shit. was that was the number one and we should but be arrested number, yeah, yeah. <laughs> god knows who put that up the second one was definitely that we talked about number two a lot oh yeah it was written yeah. that way and they you know talk about number i mean two. granted we are talking about it right this minute but i would say i could count on the number of 250 episodes we've done or sorry 300 episodes we've done shit shit yeah 300 Literally, episodes shit. we've done yeah <laughs> Out of the 300 episodes, I think it may be three. Come on. My other favorite review we got was when someone over the pandemic, when I was not dating at all, told me that I sounded like I had a wild, unstable dating life. (laughs) You're like... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Thank I was you. Like, I, I wish it. I did write this minute to be what a compliment. honest. Yeah. <laughs> but like, have you heard of modern dating? And also we are pulling from ten years of experience here. This is not all yeah. happening day of. The reviews are so funny because some people are catching us at a snapshot in our life and they're maybe listening to like two or three episodes and <laughs> coming to conclusions about us through those two or three episodes it's fine it's human nature but they're super entertaining when they're like so outlandish saying right. we should be arrested and that we are promoting what were we promoting like, like violent women, behavior basically like women to speak up for themselves like that's the thing though is you don't know who these people are yeah. at all yeah like i feel like i actually because you can like see other people the reviews they leave for others uh podcasts 
And I remember like the woman that said that I had the volatile dating life was like married for a year. Oh, to her. Yeah. Right. It's all relative. So it's, like anyone else is like, yeah, this is modern dating. This is normal. <laughs> right. You wild, just don't know. Wild. Well, we'll Anyways. Talk, talk more about that on this episode. You'll right. hear it in this episode too. Right. We'll get into all the dating questions where all the people that are actually dating will understand and feel the pain and not think that it's wild and volatile. Or maybe you do, but just accept that's kind of what's going on right now. Okay. So before we get into it, announcements. At Dateable Podcast is where to follow us. If you want to take those polls that we alluded to, you should get on there now because they'll be coming. And um, Love in the Time of Corona is our Facebook group. And of course, you can join the Sounding Board, which is our premium community where, you know, I was thinking about this the other day is like our episode last week, we talked about the importance of love in your life. And I think community plays into that too. And we definitely saw that in the thick of the pandemic is it really helped with loneliness and just mental health to have other people that get what's going on for you. Like we were just talking about modern dating can be a wild ride. And if you find yourself in a position where all your friends are married and not to say that you shouldn't be friends with these people, of course, but they may not understand truly what you're going through. So the sounding board is a great place to be with other people that get it and can support you on your journey. And of course, us as well. We'll be there. We do monthly office hours where you can ask us anything. So let's, I think that's it for announcements. So let's hear from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Kensington Books, and we've got two books to highlight. First up, The Last Mile by Kat Martin. Channeling Indiana Jones, New York Times bestselling author Kat Martin pairs a woman in search of her family's truth with a hard-hitting professional treasure hunter for the second Blood Ties romantic thriller. As an unknown assailant stalks them across a treacherous Sierra Madre wilderness, they race to follow their treasure map's directions to a hidden trove of gold, a novel of taut suspense and danger. Another great book by Kat Martin is called The The Last Good Night. From Colorado's cattle country to Denver high rises and the posh mansions of Vale, a female PI and the rancher who hired her race to deliver justice in this sexy, high octane romantic thriller. Can she find a killer before he finds her? It's no doubt that Cat Martin's tightly plotted, action packed romances are just as steamy as they are thrilling. Find out more about The Last Mile and The Last Good Night on KensingtonBooks.com or wherever books are sold. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. 
This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, let's take it away with our episode with Sydney Latwako. Julie UA, welcome to the podcast. I said that right, correct? UA? Yeah, yes. that was perfect. Okay, I was practicing. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> uh, the dynamic duo of Dateable Podcast. How are you guys? We're fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to take a deep dive on dating. Um, I asked you guys before we started recording, but it's nice to hear that you aren't sick of talking about this topic because that's most of what we're going to talk about today. Never. Never. <laughs> and you've been doing this podcast for now six years. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six years. It's very <laughs> impressive. I am wondering what made you want to initially start a podcast about dating where you felt, did you feel like super successful in it and you wanted to share? Were you having like, what was the impetus of dateable. I would say anything but feeling super successful, which (laughs) is why we started it. When we first started, UA was new to San Francisco. So you were recently single, just exploring and just baffled by the dating scene. And I was in an on again, off again relationship where, you know, anytime you're on again, off again for too long, that's never a good time, never a good thing. So Mm -hmm. we were both coming at it as like, what is happening with modern love and why is this so challenging for us? And then for all our friends and all the people we talk to. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, dating for sure will bring up a lot and Some people are like really successful at it immediately and they pick their one person and it's good. But then I did not feel like that. And (laughs) I would have been nice to have known about your podcast at the time because I feel like with anything, it teaches you a lot about yourself. And I went on a reality TV dating show to figure Mm -hmm. out my dating experience. Everyone's different, but there's definitely a period of time where you have to like really learn a lot about yourself, about what you want. And it's nice that they have a resource like you guys to turn to. But that's a good point, though, Sydney, is that you kind of have to be in a place of receiving this information. And I think a lot of yeah. us, when we start dating, we're not in that place. We just want to go out and try it. We yeah. think we know what we're looking for. We think we know what a good relationship looks like. And I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but the more I dated, the less I felt like I knew. <laughs> I think you also yeah. bring up a good point, too, of that it's so much of it's about you as the individual, because when we started Mm -hmm. the Dateable podcast in 2016, the podcast was completely different than it is now. We thought it would be funny dating Mm -hmm. stories, you know, trials and tribulations of what happened. And what we realized was so much of it was the deeper side and 
why dating is so difficult is that it's a reflection of you at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's super lovely when you learn that and then you can do that work on yourself in order to find the success. But it can be very frustrating because when you don't realize that, it can feel Mm -hmm. like you're like running against the wall over and over again and getting the same kind of situations Mm -hmm. in dating. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to talk about a lot of them today. Before we do, I ask these initial questions of every guest and I'd love to hear from you both individually. Um, First question is something to share either from your nightstand, surprising or with an interesting backstory. So usually it's an object. It can really be any way that you want to take it. But do you have anything that comes to mind for both of you? (laughs) We were texting back and forth. We're like, what are you going to (laughs) show? How appropriate are you going to be? And I'm just going to go there. Well, I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to go here. This is very embarrassing. Um, I have nasal strips. Can you see that? Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm, In my nightstand. mm -hmm. Because I don't know, as soon as I turned 35, I think for the last, what, six years, I've been snoring up a storm. And I didn't realize till Mm -hmm. I started dating my now partner. And he's like, you have a real snoring problem. So I'm trying to figure out every way to, to cure that. But these nasal strips do not work. No, they don't. No. See, that's the (laughs) reflect. I've tried That's those too. Yeah. Of having a partner when you're single, you're just living in ignorance, right? That you, I'm not a snorer. Yeah, nobody knows. No yeah. Yeah. You're like, I don't no. snore. Yeah. I didn't hear it. They're like, yeah, yeah you I do. don't do it. Real bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun to find out things about yourself that you could have just never known, you know? Yeah. Have you figured out something that works? Because I sometimes struggle with the same thing from time to time. Um, and yeah, the strips do not. No, work. not no. at all. As something that has worked. Um, Earplugs for him. <laughs> it's his problem. It's his problem now. I think sometimes <laughs> you figure it, it out. It can be what side you're sleeping on is what my partner mm-hmm. and I have realized. Like if you're sleeping on your back versus your side. So sometimes I just have to push him over. Oh, yeah. No, he pushes yeah. me all the time and I get real mad. And <laughs> I've whacked him in the face yeah. a few times. You know, it's just a self-defense yeah. reflex <laughs> in me. But the earplugs have worked really well. And then just having him fall asleep before I do also works too. Mm-hmm. That's what happens with me. I, I feel like I don't do it anymore, but maybe it's because he falls asleep before me. There you so. go. Yeah. Um, Julie, what do you have to share with us? You know, I went in a little bit of a dire- different direction, but it's also in the mode of self-exploration. <laughs> oh. So I d- actually, we did this episode on our podcast last week about just the energy and vibe you bring, especially when dating and the different aspects of your personality that show up. And I did this training that was the, it was basically a test of what color energy you bring out. Hmm. So it's all about just you know, aspects of your personality and how they show up. So this is ordered in my order. So yellow is the top, then red, then green, then blue. Mm -hmm. And yellow is more like, you know, sunshine personality, positive energy, very social and friendly. And then red is more straight to the point, um, get things done, more of, you know, that type A personality, bold, fiery, that aspect. So I thought this was really interesting to understand. It's kind of like Myers-Briggs, but Mm -hmm. it's just colors instead of letters. Mm -hmm. And you could also see that on these it says like, how is the best, what's the best way to talk to you and communicate with mm. you? So like yellow, for instance, is involve me. 
You know, mm. I would feel as someone that's social and friendly, if I'm left out of the conversation, that's going to be triggering yeah. to me. Yeah. So I like doing all these little tests of just to better understand myself. Uh-huh. And I think it's really interesting. And I think it relates 100% to dating because it's like, how are you showing up? How are the people with you showing up? And how do you work with that? Because, you know, we're not right. all the same. Yeah, I love a personality test more than anything. (laughs) And I think it does apply to dating too because it's like, oh, this is what I need to feel fulfilled. And that can apply to like, this is how I need to be loved or this is how I feel love or can be shown love in any type of relationship. So I think it's really important to understand yourself. And it sounds like you guys have like continue to do that, Um, especially too because we're not always the same. So we tend to change. So like checking in with yourself every once in a while is important. What are those called? Those Lego looking <laughs> things that you just showed me? <laughs> I know they are. It's from this company. It's called Insights. Hmm. So you can do the test from them. Okay. And I, why they chose to do them as Legos, I have absolutely no idea. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's something that you can keep. The idea is that you keep them like on your desk. So when people are interacting with you, they know. How oh my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> She's a yellow. Let's let's include her. Exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. Okay. I'll have to look into those. Um, <laughs> next question. Anything that's been on your heart or mind lately for each of mm, you? How deep do you want to get? I'm <laughs> fully there for the deep or surface, whatever you want to bring today. What on your heart? I think so? for me, and I've been thinking about this for a few years now, is as I get older. I feel like time just flies by so much faster. And all I want to do is for time to slow down. But then I think about Mm -hmm. my younger self, like in middle school and high school, you cannot wait to graduate high school. You cannot wait to be in your 20s. You cannot wait to drink and go to the bars. It's like everything is about future, future events. I can't wait to be an adult. And now I feel like I've completely slowed down that thought and I cannot wait for to savor this moment like this hour we have together versus thinking about like I can't wait for my vacation you know in a few months Mm. has there been a way for you to feel like you've slowed things down or it's just like embracing the moment yeah I think that's the hardest thing for me because my mind just races and I realize Mm. that it's really hard for me to be present so currently I'm enrolled in this program it's called positive intelligence And what the coach has you do is whenever you want to just slow down time, you focus on one of your senses. Like for me, I'll rub my two fingertips together just to feel like the ridges on my fingertips. Then you kind of, everything kind of goes into slow-mo when you do that. Yeah. It's like, I like it. It's like a grounding practice almost to like bring you back into Mm -hmm. the moment. It's very cool. Julie, what's on your heart or mind? So I'm about to do egg freezing too. Yeah. So wow. that is definitely on my mind. <laughs> Are you already and on the whole, hormones and all of that? Not stuff? yet. Okay. They start tomorrow. Okay. So yeah, I'm just starting this. Wow. And yeah, I think it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of going back with my partner too. Like, should we do embryo freezing? Should we do egg freezing? And it just brings up a lot because it's almost you're doing the reverse order of things that you're making these decisions before Mm -hmm. you get married, before you live together, like all this stuff. It's a very interesting way of doing it, but it makes sense because you're preserving time and you're, you know, you have your biological clock that's Mm -hmm. ticking Mm -hmm. at the same time. And yeah, I think it's just on my mind, obviously doing hormones and 
injections and all that stuff doesn't sound like that much fun, but you know, I'm going to do it and it's for the I'm greater good. excited to get it over with. Yeah. I've heard from talking to people about that recently, it kind of pushes a relationship forward a lot because yes. you have to ask like all of the harder questions, even if you're like yeah. not married or whatever, like it's jumpstart. How have it, how has that affected your relationship with having those conversations? Oh, we definitely did that this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think it did bring up a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was hard, some of it in the moment, but I actually believe we did get to a better place of more commitment from having it. And you're right. If we didn't have that as the catalyst, we might not have had that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and maybe you would have like felt alone doing it more mm-hmm. if you hadn't mm-hmm. had those conversations. So it's good that like you The can. ultimate well, DTR. I mean, that we- yeah. <laughs> What is to freeze my eggs? (laughs) Define the relationship, I guess. That, yeah, (laughs) took me a second. All right, well, let's get to relationships and dating and all the stuff that you guys are very good at. First of all, your podcast is called Dateable. Like I said, you've been doing this for six years, so I'm curious with doing this podcast for so long and talking about the same essential thing dating, what have you noticed or have you noticed anything as far as shifts that have been made over the past six years in dating? one major observation we've seen is for so long daters get into the dating scene like they do when they go on the bachelor or bachelorette it's all about chasing the other person convincing them to like you back but there's we don't take a pause and think about well do I actually like this person so it feels very pageantry in that in the sense that we feel like oh the first couple dates I have to be I have to present the best version of myself. And I can't let this person see this other side of me because I need to know that I'm getting a second date or third date. The shift we're seeing now after the pandemic is people are saying, fuck it to that. Like, I don't need to, the right person, I don't need to convince them to love me back. They're just going to love me for who I am. And it's a very liberating place that we're in. That's huge to realize that you're like, this is who I am. This is what you're getting. Cause I think that person will come out no matter what. And sometimes that can surprise mm-hmm. people when you get to a certain point in your relationship and you're like, who is this yeah. person that this is not the person I started dating? Yeah. Julie, what were you going to say? Yeah. I think one really interesting thing, there's been a lot that has stayed the same and there's a lot that has changed over the last six years. Mm -hmm. But one part that we're constantly unraveling, and I think every year it just continues to unravel more, is these ingrained gender roles and the way that we thought we would date. And that plays Mm -hmm. off what UA was saying was that it was always, you know, especially in heterosexual relationships, that the man chooses the woman, the woman leans back, they're not supposed to initiate any thing. Mm -hmm. There's rules we go by. There's terrible advice we got from books like Why Men Marry Bitches and Cosmo. And it's hard because we're, a lot of us, I think, especially millennial generation, Gen Z, I think has a fighting Mm -hmm. chance on this. So millennial and above are fighting this constant traditional aspect that we've been told and ingrained in our former years Mm -hmm. with what modern dating is. Mm -hmm. And that is a challenge for both men and women. And what I think one of the things that we're seeing too is that everyone is playing this game of relationship chicken, which basically means that no one is making the move. And a lot of that (laughs) is because, you know, men with me too and stuff, 
it's it's hard to make those moves, especially in places like the workplace. You're not going to go out on a limb because now you don't just get rejected, but you're a sexual mm-hmm. harasser. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more at stake. And I think a lot of that that movement and everything that's happened for women, all, like net net is a great positive thing. Mm-hmm. But kind of the downfall of it is that now everyone's just a little confused. There's no rules, which again is a great thing that lets people be who they are, but it doesn't, there's no playbook. Mm-hmm. Like no one knows what to do. So a lot of times people are just sitting in purgatory waiting for things to happen. And what we have seen the shift, like UA was saying, is that people are starting to take a bit more accountability. This like fuck it mentality is, especially with the pandemic, it's we life is short. Let's make things happen. Mm-hmm. So I do think the shift is coming. But over the last six years, I think when we first started this, we had way more traditional views than we mm-hmm. do now. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are starting to come out of it, but it's a constant struggle when you've been told one thing your entire life. Yeah. I was wondering if that would probably get confusing because there, it, it, before it was almost like there's clear steps to take, yeah. which maybe they weren't correct necessarily, but right. now it's like there's no mm-hmm. steps because everyone's like, what do we right. actually do? So what would you tell to someone who feels like, I don't know how to act, like I don't know how to date right now, like I don't know what's right and what's wrong? What would you say to someone like that? Well, the flip side that makes it beautiful is that we create the love lives we want. Back Mm -hmm. then we had a very rigid book that we followed and a lot of that led to divorce, which is another reason why I think people in our generation are commitment phobic. And we saw that that way didn't work. So this is actually a huge opportunity to kind of paint the relationship and design the relationship we want. Mm -hmm. So what I would say to people is instead of looking at it as confusing, look at it as I can pave my own path. And that means that I can just be my authentic self and do what I want. And the right person is going to be a want is going to want to be along. It's a real, it's a real opportunity right now for daters to be honest about what they're going through. Like what you just said, Sydney, is someone could bring that on a date and say, I'm actually a little confused by what's going on in the dating scene. (laughs) This is what I'm comfortable doing. What are you comfortable doing? And then two people Mm -hmm. just keep meeting each other versus trying to guess and play psychics of like, what, what, I'm going to guess what this person wants. And it's a, it's a very vulnerable and human moment when we can bring that honesty to a date and just admit that I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, I would agree. That would be refreshing when someone's like, especially if like a guy, for example, because usually like you have to wait yeah. to call them three days or that used to be the old thing. But they're, if they're like, you know what, fuck it. I want to call yeah. you tomorrow. I don't know what the protocol is here, but this is how I feel. I think that would be very refreshing. Yes. So the more yeah. people can probably just be like open and honest, I think that would be very helpful. But yeah, I know personally when I stopped playing those games, Mm -hmm. that's when things fell into place Mm -hmm. for me. And if I could get back all the hours I waited for someone to text me that they never did, instead of just texting them, I'd rather just know that they're not interested because then it's over. Yeah. Or if you do text them, it's like eight texts later. You're like, how did I get here? Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one more question on that, because you guys are dateable podcasts. Like, what would you consider make someone quote unquote dateable? Like, what are good qualities to have to be dateable? Mm. Well, I'm going to describe basically our Facebook community, because I think we have some mm. of the most dateable members, people who are open to new ways and new perspectives, people who are eager to learn and curious, um, people who, who listen more than they speak. And mm. then also there's this aspect of just this honesty uh, who can be open and vulnerable in what they're feeling instead of 
being performative and being someone that they think other people want them to be. Take accountability for themselves, mm. opposed to blame others is a mm -hmm. big one. It's easy to blame the apps, your city, all that stuff, but having the emotional intelligence to see how you are yeah. showing up and make accordingly, even mm -hmm. if that's not always, you know, the easiest thing that's so important. I like accountability. Yes. Yeah, that's a very good one. All right. Well, let's get to a couple scenarios and we can get back to more of the questions I have. There's quite a <laughs> few and I'm really bad at reading and talking. So we'll just like bear with me. Hey, Sydney, I know you've previously said in the past that your relationship with Nick, who's my mm -hmm. fiance, is the first relationship that you've been in, i.e. first boyfriend, etc. I'm just wondering, do you ever get jealous that he's previously been in other relationships before you and how do you deal with it? Do you guys talk about do you guys talk about it? Do you ask him questions about the relationships? Does it come up in fights? How do you resolve it? How do you eventually get over it? How have you come to accept and move forward? Um, then she goes on to say, never been in a relationship, but I'm also a jealous person. So I imagine it might cause problems later. So basically, like if you haven't dated a lot, you're in a new relationship and you get jealous or like, is it okay to be jealous? Like how to work through those like jealousy things? Well, like how would you answer that question? Anything. Well, I told her, I was like, thank you for this. Obviously, I would just say like with my relationship, for example, because this is my first relationship. This is not my fiance's first relationship. He has had other past relationships, but uh, they're now married with kids. So that helps a little bit. But when the jealousy has come up and it always w will naturally in certain situations, I just remind myself like he's in this relationship for a reason. Like those other relationships ended for a reason. Yes. As long as he's not continuing to like talk to them and like have a relationship with them. I'm perfectly fine knowing that like I, I'm comfortable in the relationship that we have. So I don't need to worry about other people or other relationships that have happened in the past. But I can see where she's coming from where it's like hard to when it's your first relationship, feel like the chosen one in a way when you just like know that you're not his first. Well, it's like she chose him to be the first. So that's really special for her. But not everyone has the same type of experience. Mm. I think the way I would look at it is that even the, I think the word relationship yeah. is very broad. Mm -hmm. So the relationship that you have with your fiance is different than the relationship he had with someone else. Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at it that he's had all of these and you've had none, think about it that we're both new to this current relationship. Mm -hmm. So this is an experience that we're both in for the first time. This relationship is different than others. And let's not group all of them together, look at it more of this is us. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first thing. The other is we have all had relationship experience. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't romantic. Maybe it wasn't defined. Like if it was official relationship, but we all have friends, we all have family members, we all have relational skills. And ultimately that's, what's important is how can you relate to one another, not your roster of past relationships. And quite frankly, I think sometimes people that have had less relationships might be in a better place because you don't have that jadedness and mm. you don't have some of the aspects that come with just the continuous churn of relationships. So I would say no relationship history is superior or inferior over one mm -hmm. another. Yeah. And to be fair, you he Nick has witnessed you on TV having romantic connections with other people too. I think what we need to think about in this scenario is everybody from your past has set you up to be with the person you are with today. 
So for me to, because I kind of had the same similar feelings when I first started dating my current partner who came out of a divorce, I kept thinking, why was he able to give her that commitment and kind of dragging his feet with me? Then I realized a way to think about this is she groomed him or their relationship groomed him to be the perfect partner for me today. And I have her to think. I am actually very grateful for his previous relationships. So maybe we can just take a moment and be grateful that you weren't part of these previous relationships that didn't work, which set the ball yeah. to be spiked into your court. Mm, I love that reframe. I think that's important because when you look at it from that lens, it's not as like scary or bad. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's been perfectly trained yeah. trained for me yeah. at this point. That's great. All right, next one. So I met this guy on Hinge back in August, and we went on dates between August and early October. When I tell you I had never felt that way about any <laughs> guy before, I meant it. Every date was amazing. We connected so well, and he was everything I wanted and more. He checked off all my boxes on paper, and we had an amazing connection. Fast forward closer to the fourth date, and before we see each other again, he starts acting really weird and distant. We aren't talking every day, and his communication is very sporadic. I openly address it on the date, and he gives me a good excuse and all as well. Sorry for the long message. Before our last date, communication is spotty again. The last date goes amazing, but then after that date, his communication completely falls off the wagon. I mean, we went from talking every day to me now texting him once a day or every other day, and I didn't hear from him for almost a week. Mid-October rolls around, and it's safe to say he's pretty much ghosted me. And I never got closure, even after I sent him a long message looking for answers. It's been over four months since I've talked to him, but I can't get this guy out of my head. I truly believe if things didn't end the way they unfortunately did, we could have had an amazing story slash relationship and we both seem to be on the same page. I'm still confused all of these months later and I've thought endless, endlessly about talking to him, to him, but I'm nervous to open up that door when I know I deserve someone who makes me feel valued and highly respected. I just don't want any regrets with not seeing what mm. if could have been there. Thoughts? I feel like as you're reading this story from the very beginning, yeah. I was going <laughs> to yes. end. Yeah. Get this. I know. this is the most common thing that all we get time. all the time. So I guess for the person that submitted this, feel at least, you know, that you're not alone mm -hmm. in this, that this is, this happens to everyone. I think this is the classic focusing on the check boxes yeah. and building this person up that quite frankly, you just don't know very well. Mm -hmm. And you've created this image of this person that isn't real. And <laughs> that's where it becomes difficult because you didn't just lose this person. I think sometimes the most difficult endings are the relationships that never got off the ground in the first yeah. place. Because you're not just losing the person, but you're losing this what mm -hmm. if future that you've created in your mm -hmm. mind. So I guess the first aspect is you this this person that submitted have said it over and over that this person was not making you yep. feel well. Yeah. They were constantly thinking about just spotty behavior, inconsistent behavior. Is that what you want in a relationship? Even if this person checks all the boxes is perfect on paper, at the end of the day, that's so much more important of how they're making you feel and yeah. what side they're bringing out than if they check the boxes. Yeah, that's one of the most important boxes to check is communication and making you feel like seen and 
like loved and he did not check that very important box so but it's so hard when you like romanticize it and it's like the what ifs and you feel like he's not seeing what you're seeing but yeah it's like actions are more important than like words and the fantasy of it in in that position but And it's so much easier for us to say this right now Mm -hmm. that we're not in the situation. I recognize that when you're in it, when you thought you found that person, Mm -hmm. it can be so heart-wrenching and Mm -hmm. difficult. So don't want to minimize the feeling. And I think you can feel all the feels and get it out of your system. I would say if you can time box it in some way, instead of suppressing it, let it out, but also recognize that your end goal is to meet that person that checks the most important box, like you said, Sydney. Mm -hmm. So don't let this person get in the way of you finding Mm -hmm. that person. I would just want to say I've been there so many times and I can basically, I can verbalize the narrative in your head right now. It's probably like, what did I, what did I do wrong? Did I say something? If only he could see all of me that all that I can give, he'll see that I'm perfect for him. Um, Our relationship was headed into this like great trajectory and was something done. Like did something happen for this to go down like this? Well, stop putting the blame on yourself or the situation. We said at the top of this, this episode, the right person doesn't need to be convinced and you do not need to convince this guy that you're the perfect person for him. Something has happened where he has, he has misaligned himself with what you're looking for. And that's what a a relationship is about is every day you check with your partner. Are we still aligned? Are we aligned? And when you have that misalignment and he's no longer willing to realign himself with you, that's not the person for you. And for, for you to, hang on to this, like what Julie was saying, this image, this, this, this man that you were chasing the story, you know, you're like, that could have been mm-hmm. such a great meet cute story. We could have had a great start to this relationship. I want to tell my friends and my kids how this all went down. You are playing into the Hollywood factor of relationships and they don't work out like that. And after the credits roll, that's when the real work begins. And this guy was not willing to put put at the work, put in the work after the credits roll. Mm, that's so big. Yeah. Because you think of it like a fairy tale, which some aspects can definitely be, but there will be more work that happens after. And both sides have to be willing to put in a lot of work in order to like support the relationship. And you don't want your relationship to be one-sided. Exactly. No. <laughs> Send in love. Okay. Podcast topic. A fun topic I know people feel strongly about both ways. Are you able to make a marriage last if you've broken up as a couple previously? I personally don't think so because the reason for the breakup will always be an underlying theme in the relationship. I have a lot of friends that are married to people they've split up from during their time dating. Thoughts? There actually is a stat that about half couple, half of couples break up at least one time and hmm. get back together. I would say that I do think it's possible It depends on if things changed, if there was work done with um, the couples. I'm thinking about Insecure, that TV show, which is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm, And, you know, the two main characters, they needed the time apart Mm -hmm. to grow as individuals. And then they they found their way back to one another. And I think that it can work, but 
you can't just be coming against the same problem over and over again. And that's when the person that wrote in what they mentioned is totally valid. Mm -hmm. If nothing is changed, people aren't willing to do the work, then yeah, you're going to keep encountering that. And I think ultimately you have to decide, is this something I can live with? No one's going to ever be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be something, whether it's something you can work with or not, that's an individual decision. So I would say that it's not a hard, fast rule. It really comes down to what is it, first of all, that's getting in your way? Are people willing to do the work? And is this something you can live with? I like that. And I think if they've done that change, it's a great way of like showing how things would proceed in the mm-hmm. future if you run into other issues, like if they the change did happen. But I think one, it has to do with what the issue actually was. And then two, what changes were made. But Reconciliation yeah. never works if it's if the reason for reconciliation is we still love each other. And unfortunately, love is just not enough in this scenario. What we've seen work with these relationships is that after the breakup, two people become completely different people and then they get back together and they can talk about their past selves when they had the breakup. That's when you know that they've done the work. If no work has been done, and we've heard people say this too, I want to get back together with my ex because I still have feelings for her or him. It doesn't really matter. Because it's most of the time when you break up, it's not that the feelings have faded. It's that you stopped working towards your a relationship. All very great points. Um, I have a few more <laughs> questions. This one is, they're a little shorter now. So this one is from a guy. He says, I make plans with girls and then they bail the night of. Has happened pretty frequently. So like what's happening here? What could be happening here? Bailing at the last second. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's just bad dating behavior. <laughs> Yeah, not dateable quality. (laughs) Not at all. And I think it just shows how in modern dating, we see each other as disposable sometimes. And we feel like, well, I have better plans. So I'm just going to cancel these. It's not a big deal. I think for if you are experiencing this over and over again, I think it's important to set up the expectation from the beginning and say, I want to see you Friday. I made plans for this and and this. I've experienced people bailing last minute. I don't appreciate that. Like I would never do that to someone. So if plans do change, can you just give me advance notice? Just set it up. So then other people will take more accountability for their actions and don't try to play it cool. I know I've been there. Oh, it's no big deal. Yeah, we can reschedule for another time. Yeah, I'm always available. (laughs) Because then you're like building up the resentment inside, but outwardly you're presenting this very uh, amicable, like, yeah, we can do this again definitely express your needs and set the expectations from the beginning. And I I definitely can relate to this person too. We've heard a lot of men say this, Mm. that women are super flaky with dates. And this is definitely the downside of modern dating, that you don't know these people that essentially you feel like they're not Mm -hmm. a real person until you've met. If you just met on an app, for instance, it's a photo you saw on the screen. So it just makes you less accountable. I don't want to say that it's his fault, but I do believe that the only person you can control is yourself. And if you don't want this to keep happening, maybe it is worth looking at what are my patterns? Are there any blind spots that I'm putting out there that I could change? For instance, maybe he's 
asking people on dates really quick mm-hmm. and they're not building up enough rapport, maybe try a video date first hmm. where you've seen this person. They can say, oh, okay, this is a real person. If I stand them up, mm-hmm. I'm actually messing with a real person's schedule, not someone I don't know. Yeah. Putting like an actual conversation to a picture mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. You guys are very good at this. <laughs> see, you've been doing this for six years. <laughs> Love it. Um, okay. Been one plus year and he's still quote, working on himself, but says he's interested in dating me one day. Oh, what? So good. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I mean, yeah. I think this is one of the other things we hear all the time is that we're banking on potential and I've actually been in this situation. It hasn't been, you know, one day they'll date me, but one day I'll really commit to this, right, Mm -hmm. is when I get myself in order. We have to take people at face value. If they're not ready at this, the time that you're meeting, that's not the right person. And if I wish I could have recognized that earlier Mm -hmm. and taken back that time, it is so much easier to work with someone that also wants to make the commitment to be in a relationship and is ready for a relationship than trying to convince someone that doesn't. And I think we all have work that we need to do on ourselves. We're all works in progress. And that doesn't mean that you can't have a relationship while you're working on yourself. It's not exclusive Mm -hmm. to one another. Mm -hmm. And we hear from all the time from relationship experts that the best relationships and actually a core reason for getting into relationship is to heal our inner child and all of our past traumas. So if you can find someone that's willing to do that work with you, Mm -hmm. that's what a lasting relationship is. So yeah, take it at face value. Find someone that's willing to meet you. And newsflash, we're all working on ourselves. We never stop working on ourselves. And there's, if we keep saying I'm working on ourselves, I'm working on myself and one day I'll be ready for X, Y, and Z, then nothing's going to happen because if we're never going to get there. In, yeah. in this scenario, it's, I personally think this is just an excuse of someone saying, I'm not, yeah. I, I don't feel that compelled to be with you. And we have to stop delaying what we want for a timeline for someone else that we can control. Yeah. This is the it's, guy that shrinks you. Oh up, yes. Sure. Yeah. I was gonna say, this is the bread. Yeah. yeah. And this is really tough because you're getting something yeah. from mm-hmm. it. And again, do not want to minimize the feelings because we've both been here before. And this is one of the hardest things when someone's giving you a bit, but not the whole pie. Mm-hmm. And it, it sometimes could take you a while to figure out that you deserve the whole pie and that they're not giving it to you. And one day you will meet someone that makes you realize why Mm -hmm. nothing else worked out. Yeah. So true. Okay. Could use advice, move to a new city, have a crush on a guy, but he's my only friend. Do I tell him? Only friend? Yeah. In this new city that she just moved to. So like the only guy that she knows in the city, does she like make a move to try and be in a relationship? Because if she does, then- that could ruin the friendship and it's as new for her. I feel like moving into a new city. Okay. We've seen this happen too. It, it, now it's jogging my memory of all the times we heard this story. When you move into, when you move to a new city, you want to latch on to someone, the support network. Right. And it's harder to, I think sometimes it's harder to des- decipher if your feelings are that of wanting to feel supported or these are romantic feelings. I think moving to a new city, your first priority is to build your network and support group. So make more friends before you act upon what 
this could be a romantic impulse or this could be something real. We don't know yet. It's just hard. It's a little hard to decipher at this point. Perfect. Um. Okay. Next one. We have like one or two more. I think this guy at my job likes me. He's somewhat. He's somewhat of a new employee, and he added me on Facebook a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. And and thinking nothing of it, I accepted it. Since then, he has liked slash reacted to many of my photos, including photos from 2013, 2015, oh. and so on. Damn. Come to find out, my coworker found out from another coworker that he mm. has a girlfriend. I'm not interested in him, but this is the weird male behavior I don't understand. I don't get it. Why do people do that? <laughs> oh my goodness. Deep liking. Yeah. I I think a lot of it's validation that they, they want to get kind of a rise out of you. They want to like occupy your thoughts and mm-hmm. it's working, right? We're talking about him. She's writing into a show about him. He's gotten that. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we overestimate the importance of social media behavior too. When we hear all the time, someone looked at my Instagram story, they must be really into me. Oh, yes. They also could just be bored, yeah. you know, like they're so flipping yeah. through. Yeah. Right. So some of it could be validation or some of it could just be that they do not hold the same weight that you do. Like this person might've just been like, oh, it's my coworker. I'm going to look through their past photos. I think it's a little weird to go in deep like from 2013, yeah. but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he hasn't even given it a second thought. We all think differently. Yeah. I know the the story view is a big one yeah. for people, especially when they're trying to get over a guy or if they've uh, ghosted oh God, and they yeah. still watch the stories. Like that is the one thing that people definitely hang on to a lot. But I think my fiance reframed it. It's like think about how you watch Instagram yeah. stories. Like you go yeah. flip, flip, yeah. click, click, and right. that's it. It's not that like you're like fawning over this one no. story. I don't know. No, they might not even be actually watching yeah. it. They might just be clicking yeah. through to get to the next I know. I, I know. That's the thing. We don't know how other people interact with social media and we're placing our behavior onto them. I agree. It's just like you just, people are weird. Just, just know that people are weird. Yeah. And until he acts upon his words or right. whatever it may be, I, I don't think this is Anything that's worth your time to think over or mull over. I don't think it's like, go tell the girlfriend no. this is happening. I just like, don't think it's necessary. No, I'm sure no. he has a ton of yeah, Instagram yeah. models that he's looking at too. Yeah, just let him do whatever. Okay, last question I'll ask you guys. Um, talking slash going out slash hooking up with the guy for a year and then him saying, we're just good friends. <laughs> oh, goodness. We hear this one a lot yeah. too. <laughs> <sighs> What's, what's going on? Oh, uh, well, again, Julie said this earlier too. You can only control yourself. You cannot control other people. So in this moment, you got to say, what do I want? Do I want something more? How did it, how did it make me feel when he said we were just good friends? Obviously from this question, it sounds like you're not happy with this answer and you want something more. So this is your chance to take control and ask for something more let him know your, your feelings. Maybe for him, he's like, this is great. We're friends. We're hooking up. We're like, we're getting everything. She's not asking for anything more. This is a time to take control of your love life and get what you want out of it. The DTR or not DTR. The DTR. The description of what he was or what they were was everything that you yeah. need to know. The, the slash, slash yeah. this, slash this, slash this. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's classic fuck boy because he can mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of fuck boys, <laughs> I know you guys 
Um, Favorite topic. Yes. <laughs> I know you guys have talked about this on like news channels and all the things. West Elm Caleb, who was oh really gosh. big on TikTok. Favorite fuck boy. I know this is like your, the, the fuck boy of the moment. So if you guys don't mind, like describing this West Elm Caleb, if people might not know who he, who he is and how he kind of epitomizes modern dating in a way. Mm-hmm. So I would love to talk about West Elm, West Elm Caleb for a second. So the backstory is... <laughs> Apparently, all these women on TikTok discovered they were all dating the same guy, this guy named Caleb, who worked at West West Elm, and he would love bomb them from the beginning. He would send them like a spot, um, Spotify playlist of how much he liked them, and he would shower them with like all these words of affection, and um, then he would ghost them. So all these women like found- Sleep with them and yeah. then ghost them. And- I, I guess he was also sending them the same dick pics and they realized that later too. So oh, in the end, these women found out that they were all dating the, or they had all dated the same guy. And some of them were still currently dating him and they wanted to band together and, you know, basically call him out on it. But this is not new news. We've seen this behavior happen. In fact, women have also done this with men as well. Okay. So let's just not, there's like a West Elm Kelly out there somewhere. Yeah. Um for sure. It does epitomize bad dating behavior because what it shows is that we are we're we are very bad at establishing our boundaries and communicating our needs. So especially in early dating, we kind of just like want to be cool and go with go with the flow and not really step back and think, do I like this? person? Do I like this behavior? And not draw those boundaries. Now, did he what did he do wrong? Him seeing multiple women, was that wrong? No, because he did not commit to any of them individually. What he did do wrong was he did not communicate um, that he was seeing other people. So I think he gave off the the uh, um, the impression that he was monogamous with these women from the beginning very quickly. So we can't really fault him for the seeing multiple people, but at the same time, like we have to look at our own behavior. Am I also seeing multiple people? Am I communicating yeah. what I'm doing here? We just got to take more accountability for our own actions at the end of the day. It's not West Elm Caleb, it's you at home. I do see though how the women like fell for it, right? It's you, it's, it's hard in today's world to find that connection. And that's why so many of the questions you received, Sydney, were just hanging on to this hope of this yeah. person. And sometimes when you feel like you found that person mm-hmm. that gets you, that wants the same things as you, it feels like you found a needle in the haystack. Yeah. And we want to make that story work and we want to find all the reasons it can. And that's human nature. And I think especially why love bombing is problematic is that you don't know if it's genuine or not. We all want the effects of love bombing, someone telling us we're amazing and they want to be with us and all the stuff. But then it becomes problematic when it's the West Elm Caleb situation where they're saying it to get something basically to sleep with you. Mm -hmm. And then not actually following through on it, essentially lying to you. So I don't blame the people that fell for it. We, it's human nature. That being said, we do need to remember that we've met this person for what, maybe like one or two hours. You know, if we've only gone on a couple dates, I think a lot of times we get ahead of ourselves. And I was definitely victim to this of creating the fantasy and mm-hmm. the story we want it to be. And we have to remember, we have no idea what else is going on in people's lives, whether they're seeing other people, they're ready for a relationship, they even want a relationship. We can't just put what we want onto someone else. Yeah, that's huge. 
And I remember myself in dating too. Like you, I think I created the fantasy one because it almost helps me like believe yeah. in dating mm-hmm. and get up the next day and like put myself out there because I like let myself romanticize it. But it you can't necessarily do that. And I think that's what might have happened a lot in a lot of those situations was they saw like the down the roads because things were going really yeah. well from the initial. But yeah. Yeah, and let's take it one step further, the Tinder swindler. Yeah. Right? Yes, I love that. <laughs> but I feel like that's exactly yeah. what happened is people fell into the fantasy yeah. and they wanted to believe that this super rich, attractive man could give them the life they wanted. And I do think it's a tough balance because we can't just go in being skeptical of everyone. That's not a good approach either. But I do think we need to be realistic of where we are in meeting someone. We, mm-hmm. we have a new term for the opposite of love bombing. Do you want to hear it, Sydney? We made it up. I would love to. Yeah. What is it? Suvying. <laughs> Taking things slow, but knowing that the end when it's a fully cooked meal that it's going to be delicious with multiple Mm. multiple layers of flavors instead of putting things in a microwave and hoping they'll just you know it'll cook and it'll taste good enough so I think in this in these situations also with the tinder swindler also with West Elm Caleb all these women put the control in their hands. So everything was in, on their terms, the man's terms. Oh, we're going to meet at this time. We're going to do this. And I'm going to leave by this time. If we can sue be this, we take things back in our own control and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little slow. I'm going to see you on Friday. You know, like, I think we can all look at it in a different way of taking control of the situation. I love a soup. Yes. Delicious. (laughs) So much better. I want to help people. I feel like what are some best, like, can you give us some like best takeaways or maybe, I don't know if they're quick tips or like for the modern dater, how do we step forward now into the world, knowing these things, like all the things that we listen to on the podcast, how do we move forward in a way of like still believing in love, still like ready to go on dates, still putting themselves out there, but also like protecting their heart a little bit and all those things. Like what's the best way that we go about this with the world the way it is right now? I think don't look at self-love as being selfish and putting yourself first. I definitely, it took me a while to understand this and kind of what UA was just saying, like, if you want to push the date out a couple of days, do that. We hear of people saying, oh, I don't want you know, this date to like basically get in the way of my schedule of the rest of the day, instead of planning your day around the date, what if you plan the date around yeah. your day? And I think we are afraid because we view, we have this, uh, it's really interesting, actually, we have so many options right now with dating apps, yet we all believe that there are no options and that we have this scarcity mindset. And that's what it forces us to try to find these stories that appear good on paper and try to fit this like round peg in a square hole or (laughs) square peg in the round hole. Either way, it doesn't fit. It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, it doesn't fit. And um, I think we need to start taking that control and believing that like we are a freaking catch and someone is lucky to be with us. And until we can see that, how can we expect someone else to see that? And once we can see that when someone goes or someone isn't ready, that's when you have the power to say, okay, this person's just in my way to find the person that will see that. And this is a stepping stone to find that person opposed to, you know, take it to be personally. I think we need to take dating less personally is not a reflection of ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
it's a couple things. I think it's important for daters to understand that we have a real opportunity to set our own rules and our own traditions, and we can be brave enough to do that. I think so many of us are have been burned or heartbroken that we're afraid to step forward and put ourselves out there. Yet, end of the day, we still want that loving relationship. So there's a lot of want and then afraid of going after it. Just know that there are no hacks to love. And whatever you're going through right now, you are meant to go through this. Because all of the bullshit and all of the um, disappointment you may be feeling currently is setting you up for the right person who is just right around the corner. And we say this all the time, your person is literally right around the corner. You just have to keep going because you you will meet them Mm -hmm. eventually. And I think when it's like you're close, that's a good sign that they're even closer than you thought when you get those like almost or like almost perfect on paper. Like, yeah, it means that you're really close. So keep going, keep going. I think it's all about reframing because even when you're getting rejected a lot, that means you're putting yourself out there. Yeah. It's going to make you really strong. Okay. Let's wrap this up with like one last piece of advice, leaving thoughts, quick tip, anything that you guys have, it could be dating related or just really anything. The one piece of advice I would put out there is remember that dating is supposed to be Mm. fun. So often we think about dating as a job and as work and as something we have to do, but it is a luxury that someone wants to take time to meet us and that we can do a fun activity with another human being. And we're so focused on the outcome that oftentimes we're not focused on just enjoying the present. And even if this person does not become your next partner or your you know, future person and all that, it doesn't matter. It's just a connection. And if we can start to look at it that way, that's when some of the pressure will fall off and things will happen a bit more organically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think my parting words of advice would be, we have to stop waiting happy. We do a lot of these, when I get this promotion, when I lose however many pounds, when I finish this, whatever, um, training, we constantly have these milestones and we feel like once we accomplish these milestones, we can, we can be allowed to be happy for some reason. We somehow have permission at that point, but we've seen that this happens over and over again. Once you reach those accomplishments, you actually become less happy because now you've accomplished it. So stop delaying your happiness for these future what ifs and start going after the things that you want and that you know will make you happy today. Love those. Those were so good. Okay. Well, I feel great. Um, I hope this helps a lot of people be dateable. I feel like it will. Where can everyone find you guys and when you have episodes, all of that good stuff? Datablepodcast.com. We're also at datablepodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Don't be, don't make fun of our TikTok. It's very it's very small right now, but we're growing. We're growing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got <laughs> we got to do the dances sometime soon. And, yeah, and, yeah, I feel <laughs> that. That's how we'll grow. <laughs> we officially release the episodes every Wednesday, but if you subscribe on any of the platforms, you get the episodes actually a day early. So um, on Tuesday Ooh. night. Yeah. That's lovely. Yep. Amazing. And we're on every major podcast player. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you could find a podcast, we are there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. This was awesome. Thanks for having us, Sidney. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously, send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at something to share podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Mm-hmm.